Welcome investors to Stocks to Watch. I'm Ashley Berry, and we're welcoming David Williams, Executive Chairman of Mount Isa Minerals, a company dedicated to exploration excellence in Australia, with a focus on a range of basin precious metals and other minerals, including copper, gold, lead, silver, and others. Mount Isa Minerals expects to list its prospectus and application on the Australian Stock Exchange in the first quarter, in fact, of the new year. David, welcome. Hi, Ashley. Lovely to finish off the year and leading into Christmas with a chat with you. <laughs> Likewise. So, David, we'd love to discuss your Mount Isa project in detail. It's located in a highly prospective area near Glencore's Mount Isa Mines, the second largest copper producer in Australia. How does your exploration project compare to this mine and others in Australia so far? Yeah, look, we're, we're just, while we're the same source of copper, uh, and I should emphasize you know, our focus is on copper, um, but that we're from the same source, uh, the um, Eastern Creek Volcanics, uh, as the Mount Isa deposit itself. Um, but as we found, or as the public found in uh, late October, uh, that deposit, the Mount Isa deposit, is getting towards end of mine life. Now, while we're the same source, we are on the other side of the major Mount Isa fault, and therefore we have a different mineralisation style. And, and I think that's what's caused people to not pursue it in the past because they were expecting it to look like the same as the Mount Isa deposit, but it's not. It's more of what they call an IOCG, so very similar to Cloncurry further to the north. Um, now, we're obviously, we're not at a mining stage. We are at that early exploration stage, but with a lot of data, a lot of uh, surface expressions of the copper uh, and a drill program that was conducted in 2022 that proved the concept, that mineral systems concept that we had developed. So, you know, when you compare it with an Olympic dam or a Mount Isa mine, you know, we're at the start of the journey. But we are next door to a mine with a full-blown processing facility that is lacking resources. And therefore, we are, as I often say, it's about location, location, location. And, you know, you already mentioned that you're in the exploration stage. I understand you've secured all the permits needed for this. Uh, you've identified drilling targets and untapped potential. You're also using an extensive geological database from years of historical exploration with limited drilling. So what do we know from this database and the targets drilled so far about the potential of this big project? Well, we keep finding surface expressions, so particularly malachite. I, I was out on site in, in late October and we were driving down a road that had been freshly graded and there all of a sudden was the pegmatite showing with the malachite on the top. So the, the pegmatites push up the copper and, and it's, you get an expression as malachite on the top. Now, that was an area we didn't even know existed. So we constantly come across those surface expressions there's 250,000 rock chip and soil samples. Rock chip, uh, you get up to 34% copper, always more concentrated in rock chip, but yeah, really good indication. Um, a, a drilling program was done by the company back in 2018 uh, on one of the targets, Frida Midway. Uh, and we can see now with a subsequent IP geophysical survey that it missed the target, but even then it, it got three metres of uh, of 1% copper. So again, a good example. 
Uh, and then the drilling program, as I mentioned in, in 2022, was a proof of concept drilling program, and that was successful. Now, previous drilling was done by a company called Deep Yellow um, on a couple of our targets, uh, but they were only chasing uranium. And so all they assayed for was uranium. And so we've now got all that 1,700-odd metres of core, uh, and we've got assay, uh, samples prepped for assays. So as soon as we're, uh, we're listed next year, we'll have those, ass those samples in and being assayed for a full suite. So not just copper, but a full suite. So, you know, that's, that's a freebie, uh, all, all those metres of drilling. So, look, there's... there's a massive amount, a massive amount of geophysical data. Um, we now just need to, which is what our intention is, implement these comprehensive drilling programs, and over the next three years, develop our copper mineral resource estimate. Yeah, fantastic. It sounds like a vast untapped territory. Um, as this project progresses further, logistics obviously will become even more important. Can you give us a little more information on the infrastructure available that will make your logistical operations easier for you? Yeah, look, we're, we're spoiled. And, and again, you know, I often say, I sound, feel like I sound like a real estate agent. It's location, location, location. Yeah, we are literally on the western fence line of the Mount Isa mine. And the Mount Isa mine is literally on the western border of the Mount Isa town. So you've got uh, you've got major road infrastructure, you've got a major airport that has many flights each day to the major cities in, in on the eastern seaboard. There's a train line through to the major port of Townsville. Uh, there's power. In fact, it's even looking at, at, at returning power the other way. You've got services. You've got a town of uh, you know, twenty to 30,000 people. So you know, it's not about setting up a camp in a remote area. It's not about having to drive hours and hours through the desert to get to the site. And you know we are ten kilometres from the centre of our tenements, ten kilometres from the township. We're four or five kilometres from the the centre of the mine, the, the Mount Isa mine. So from a logistics perspective, you couldn't be in a better place. And that that was one of the main reasons I was attracted to this project. So so from from that, when we're ready to go. Yeah, we can operate out of town. The drilling crews can operate out of town, and, and we can get after it. Yeah, I'm still wondering why you haven't gotten on a flight to come visit me, David, in the U.S. But that's okay. You're pretty far away. <laughs> oh yeah, you're a long way away, and it's cold over there. So. And you're busy. <laughs> and you're very busy. I'm busy. Yeah, Clearly. <laughs> so listen, you mentioned uranium, uh, previous drilling operations, um, but your focus, as you said, right off the top of the interview, is copper. Why is that? Look, uh, the first first thing is that we know that uh, the, the the major source of mineralization is copper in, in, in our tenements. Secondly, as I mentioned earlier, we, we know that we've got a you know, a, a processing facility, a, a mine that's been operating 90 to 100 years, never be built again, that is hungry for copper resources. You know, it's still got zinc and lead, but its copper resources are running out. So from uh, being able to make use of that infrastructure, um, clearly copper is, is, is the main focus for us, and we believe that's the main mineral uh, in our tenements. But it really comes down also to 
you know, the, the view of copper now being generally accepted as being one of the critical metals for the movement to, to net zero uh, by 2050. So we see an enormous opportunity for what you might say is a bit of an unloved um, mineral. And I think largely unloved because people think, well, copper's always been there. You know, there's, copper will be here forever. As you mentioned earlier, you have Mount Isa, you know, second largest copper producing uh, mine in Australia. Oh, yeah, hang on, but that's scaling back and it's running out of copper. Where, where does the world get the next lot of copper as these major mines start uh, winding down and, and reaching the end of their mine life? Mm. And clearly you're very bullish on the mineral. Maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, make your case for the supply side and the demand side. Yeah, look, so I think, you know, a lot of commentary and discussion starting to happen now. And you know, so the conservative estimates are, and, and to use one as an illustration, is, um, you know, we've mined from this planet since we've been on the planet uh, over, over 700 million tonnes of copper. In order to achieve net zero by 2050, the estimates are that we'll need to mine another 1.4 billion tonnes of copper, twice what we've already mined over the last 100 years or so. So hmm. you've got to find a lot of copper. And most of the easy copper has been found. A lot of the major producers are, are coming down, um, such as, um, well, Mount is a good example, but Chile has been reducing its production 10% per annum. Where is the next copper going to come from? Even the contrarians I've seen now saying, look, you know, technology will be such that you don't need as much copper in electric vehicles. And, you know, even they are saying, well, that might impact the long term right out to 2050. But to get to 2030 to 2040, you're going to need a lot of copper. And they see a lot of pressure on copper. And the simple illustration I give to people is, okay, we can talk about solar panels and wind turbines and wave uh, energy generators and solar panels, but each of them are in places where has, there has not been the major baseload power generation. Each of them, like solar panels and wind turbines, have to be connected. So you have to have wires connecting all the collectors you then have to have wires to transmit it from those areas to where it's needed. And that's all copper. So if you look at it simplistically in the fundamental parts of the new age, as far as zero emissions are concerned, you're going to need a lot of copper. And you've got to find a lot of copper. Simple supply and demand, copper price is going to go up. The demand is going to be there. And it sounds like you're going to be very busy for the next 25 years to, <laughs> to reach those numbers. Um, let's talk about in the near future. Uh, I understand that you're going to be, as I mentioned, uplisting here in the first quarter of 2024. What are the next milestones and maybe catalysts that shareholders should pay attention to when it comes to Mount Isa? Yeah, and look, it, it'll be straight into, into drilling uh, and drilling the targets from there. So, uh, so you know, investors will be able to look forward to a continual drill program and continual drill results come out. But in addition to that, as I mentioned earlier, we've got the 1,700 metres of core uh, from the uranium drilling done by Deep Yellow that was only assayed uranium. So we're going to take batches of that 
and, and take samples from that and have those assayed in the full suite. So not only will, would we expect you'll start seeing some copper results come out of that, but you'll also get a multi-element assay. So we'll start to build up a geochemical map and which will with lots of different elements, which are pathfinder elements. And that will help us zero in to the targets where we're going. But it, you know, what it'll be very simply, it'll be drilling, drill results, drilling, drill results. Always good to um to to assist the market, uh, market's appetite and therefore the share price going forward. So a, a lot to lot to happen in the in the new year. Uh, and we're really looking forward to it. Uh, given that 2023 for everyone, I think, has been a bumpy year. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it, a bumpy year for sure. Well, we wish you the best of luck in 2024. David Williams, always a pleasure, Executive Chairman of Mount Isa Minerals. Thank you, as always, for your time, for joining us here on Stocks to Watch. And we look forward to hearing from you in the new year. Thank you, Ashley. And I wish everyone a, a happy festive season and a prosperous new year. Thank you.